Welcome to Policy Talks. I'm delighted to have Mr. Ashish Agrawal today with us. He is the Vice President and the Head of Public Policy at NASCOM and has a long experience in working on data issues. So welcome so much, uh, Ashish, to this podcast. This is a podcast which is tuned towards public policy professionals in India, academicians, researchers, and people who are interested in larger public policies. Just, you know, you, uh, you have a fascinating journey. I'm just going through your background. Uh, just give us a glimpse of how far have you traveled? What has been some of the challenges that you faced in your career, just a little bit of that. So I think in hindsight, the journey seems fascinating. But what I value about the journey is that I've both been an entrepreneur. And uh, when I was an entrepreneur, it was focused on social security for low-income workers. And I spent 10 years in it. And what I realized is that you are actually creating new markets. And this was starting in 2006. So uh, in 2023, that digitization is much more advanced. So at that time, both in creating uh, digital interfaces and in enabling low-income workers to save small sums of money in a manner which is cost-effective and secure was a huge challenge. And that's where I started interfacing with the government, with regulators, to see how this can happen. So I'll give you a very small example. So the product decided was a hybrid mutual fund product, debt-oriented fund. The requirement is that if you have to buy a mutual fund, you need to have a PAN card. So a poor person, so I can't solve the PAN problem for government of India because I'm trying to solve the pension problem. So that's when we worked with the government to say that up to 50,000 rupees investment in a year, you don't need a pan. So this is just an example to say that, you know, practically solving policy problems. And then, of course, later on, I worked with the Ministry of Finance on digital payments, on consumer protection. And last five years has been a NASCOM and so much of exciting work there. Uh, I'm happy to talk about some of that. I would like to uh, you know, ask what has been one of the major challenges and especially in the open data, what has been the challenge that you have faced as when you joined NASCOM and how has that journey been and what has been some of the issues that you're tackling with? See, fundamentally, from a policy perspective, you can look at open data through two lens. One is the legal lens and the second is the implementation lens. So if you take the legal journey, I think we have uh, come a long way in terms of thinking about our policies, and it has been work in progress. So roughly about now 11 years, I mean 2012 was when the NDSAP came in, and now we are looking at a national data governance framework. So that entire journey has been a learning process. And I would say the glass is half full. There are other challenges, for example, how do you think about ethical scraping of uh, data on the internet? There are no uh, proper guidelines, and, and that results in sometimes government unnecessarily probably worrying about uh, uh, risk around data scraping. Similarly, there are some other issues like copyright. For example, there are a lot of BIS standards, which are mandatory. And actually, it started in 2019 through a legal case where I think Carl Malamud, uh, what he did was that he, he took 19,000 standards, procured them, and put them online. He made them into uh, some of these diagrams into the SVG drawings. He converted around the entire national building code into HTML format so that they can be uh, used in a proper manner. And, and basically, uh, there was a court litigation because BIS uh, treats them as copyrighted material. And these are mandatory codes. And then in that journey, the progress has been that in 2019, finally, BIS published those codes free to view, not to download. So I think government data, which is publicly funded, should be available at a nominal charge or free and need to be available in a manner that it can be utilized. And that's the last point which I want to make is that in terms of the data being able to be utilized, it doesn't have to be there. It has to be accurate. It has to be updated. And it has, it has to be designed and curated in a manner with a use case in mind. 
And that's where I think we have the urban data exchange kind of now the latest way of dealing with data. And I think that's a good approach. So I would think it is a work in progress journey, but we have a lot to go. And finally, I think we are also excited by the fact that now finally there is um, some way of mainstreaming some of the emerging technologies around 5G, IoT, now we have AI. So I think like Kofi Annan once said, uh, without data, we are flying blind. And uh, if we can't see it, we can't solve it. So it's a work in progress. They say the data is also new gold, right? So we know that the kind of data uh, everyone and anyone is collecting from different sources. But the larger public is actually also very challenged with the kind of information that whether it is in safe hand or not, you know, that we are sharing every time you are doing something on your mobile, you're sharing data with a lot of other people that sometimes you're not even aware of. And there has been a challenge for many, many of us, and especially for the consumers. What is the government's, uh, you know, role in regulating these uh, so that the privacy of people is intact? At the same time, you're also using it for development purposes and you know, the data can also be used uh, for larger development people. So how does this happen? Oh, absolutely. I think the sole purpose of data is for it to be utilized. And now, obviously, we want to protect against harms. So you think of it in two buckets, right? One is the personal data. And obviously, the harms around privacy and so on and so forth. And when you think of non-personal data, it gets into uh, intellectual property rights, trade secrets, business competitiveness. Those are kind of limitations. And from a government point of view, it's, it's really the implementation channel a challenge because government is the largest uh, collector and uh, in a way utilizer of data. And they're uh, bringing it into the incentives of the government departments and ministries to make sure that the data is accessible is a big challenge. But from a purely from a privacy point of view, now we are having a personal data protection bill, the digital personal data protection bill, hopefully coming up in the uh, parliament soon. And what it will do is that it will provide much more robust framework to ensure that privacy is safeguarded. Now, clearly, there are issues about re-identification of data when you think about in the context of open data, and these are ongoing challenges. We also don't have, we need standards on anonymization. These, these are things which are still in discussion. We will see that journey uh, going forward. There are also been uh, challenges around competition issues. There are also challenges around consumer protection. So we have had the Consumer Protection Act, which was updated uh, just about uh, three years back, and the rules framed therein. So, if you look at it from a protection of harm perspective, I think uh, there has been a lot of work which has happened. But again, the intent is not to catch that last criminal mind who has all the tools to potentially create harm, but to ensure that if we can make sure that the 95% of that usage is, is safe and, and, and then we focus on enforcement to catch the bad actor, I think that is the balance that uh, needs to happen. And I think we have made uh, reasonable progress from a regulatory perspective also on, in this area. Yeah. As you said, data for public good, if you can take that, what has been some of the best practices that India can learn from? And you know that uh, it is a growing economy uh, and uh, the, as the economy grows also, the uses of data increases. And But at the same time, we also have a bottom 30 to 40 percent of people who are in the bottom of pyramid who also needs development and probably data can also be for social good for them. How do you see uh, this panning out for you? Oh, we can talk about this for hours, but if you just think about it, you know, the, and not only just learning from the world, I think we can build on our own models also. So for example, the digital public infrastructure, this is a recent phenomena. And the good thing is that they are, they are by design uh, digitally native, right? So building in data utilization at an inappropriate manner, when we are thinking of digital public infrastructure is a great way of saying that, you know, how can we deliver better citizen services? How can we create better infrastructure? So for example, during COVID, 
What worked was our payment trails. What didn't work was we found uh, there were gaps in when we think of our health uh, data infrastructure in terms of our uh, uh, city uh, uh, information that we had and also in terms of uh, delivery of social welfare. So in a post-COVID world, if you were to say that, I think there's a huge opportunity to leverage just this kind of initiatives of the government. And uh, one example, other example is also this idea of, uh, you know, in terms of urban infrastructure, uh, digital twins. So if you look at cities, for us to think of uh, creating digital twins in a manner where we can then, we are thinking from a very whole of city perspective, rather than silos of different departments. I think that kind of an approach to uh, solving for uh, infrastructure problems, for delivering better citizen services, and last and most important for somebody who comes from a policy context is also governance. And for example, uh, one big challenge is that, okay, so first I talked about the data and the fact that it is updated and so on and so forth. Even once you have all of that, there is also a big challenge about utilizing the data in a manner which, which is going to drive value. Now, if you see the developments in artificial intelligence, they can actually help you utilize data much easier and much better than ever been before. So I think we need to see all these technological developments as opportunities. And, and then uh, I think uh, India has a, uh, I, I'm very excited about the next five years in terms of what we can do with open data. So actually, this my other question was also on artificial intelligence, the use of AI into data mining as well as analyzing and uh, giving the policymakers the kind of information that they would need. Are we doing anything or have we started something on these lines? Can you give us some examples of how has that AI has been used in data analysis uh, and giving uh, information to the policymakers? So I think uh, I don't know a example which is currently uh, already working in India. But there are uh, many things that can happen. So for example, MCA already for its CSR has a portal which publishes very good quality data on what is happening in CSR front. Right now on top of it, if you add a analytical layer, I think we can have wonderful analysis. The whole process of consultation in the process of you know designing new policies or laws and regulation, there's always a challenge that once you go into the process of consultation, how do you analyze all the feedback that has come in and how do you then uh, uh, out of that take out what is useful and, and, and you know, how do you even communicate it back to the stakeholder? So tools like AI can probably crunch all of that in, and, and make it much more you know, simple and easier. So I think what I would say is that we need to have many more hackathons, if I were to say, and, and, and a sandbox approach where we invite problem statements, where we co-create solutions rather than uh, create, uh, think of creating data uh, just as uh, as data. So I think a more uh, problem-solving-led uh, approach and a solution-based approach will actually see us benefit from uh, data utilization because ultimately uh, without data uh, utilization, there is not really much benefit of even having open data in that sense. So one more question that I have is about the role of NASCOM in uh, you know, open data, uh, the entire gamut of open data. What has been one of the, some of the challenges that you faced and also what are the opportunities that we have from NASCOM perspective? So uh, NASCOM works through a variety of initiatives. We have a center of excellence initiative. We have an entire India AI initiative. And of course, we have the policy initiative. So I'm just going to focus on these three. On the policy side, at least since I've been here for five years, we have been working on this journey of open data from the government to say that you know how we can make the open data more usable and accessible how can startups participate and use open data and how they can bring in their solutions and how can the technology layer be designed in such a manner that it is easier for the industry to leverage it for services 
So I think that is one initiative in the policy domain itself. Now uh, the center of excellences, they actually work directly with the startups to uh, see that, you know, what kind of solutions uh, they need to develop to uh, work uh, together with the government. And on the India AI portal, I think uh, what we are doing is that we are looking at how can AI leverage the entire uh, opportunity in terms of open data. Now we are examining that, for example, what could be the role of a more model like a digital public infrastructure where we can think of utilization of AI. So I think it's a journey, but it's safe to say that we are working very closely both with the industry and in some cases also with the academia and of course with the government in, in shaping how the data can actually be utilized for the benefit of the citizens. But one of the issues also is when it comes to data, because the, the kind of information that you need is not probably in the government sector, but more on the, in terms of skills and professionals, they are more in the private sector. How do you uh, partner with the, with the private sector people or people who are talented, skilled, but they don't want to work in the government? I think what you have asked is the most important question, if I were to say, and, but I would like to focus on the talent gap part. See, we talked about the fact that, you know, India is the uh, big talent opportunity and talent market, but also there is a huge talent shortage. So when you think of the uh, uh, data related skills in the emerging markets in terms of data analytics, data scientists, what we have done is that we have created a platform which is uh, in partnership with the industry for the industry, which is called a future skills platform. In that, uh, we have identified job roles for the future, and then we are working with the industry to upskill and reskill the talent. And that is, and this is uh, housed under the Sector Skill Council of the Government of India. So I think on the talent front, that is the key initiative that uh, we have been doing, and it has been ma a major success, and we hope to grow it much more. My last question to you, you know, next, uh Five to ten years, I, I look that it's promising for India as uh, we are becoming, uh, you know, stronger economy. At the same time, we also there are so many other schemes which are now being functional and reported to be much more functional than which we had it in the past. Where do you see uh, in the scenarios in last five to ten years, next five to ten years? What do you think the future of data is in India? So you must have heard government. You know, government is talking about ease of living. So a major part of ease of living would be. How do you translate that opportunity into uh, things which citizens can then see in efficiency, in quality of their daily lives? And that is a huge opportunity for India. And I think uh, based on what I just said, uh, we have an opportunity to do it at a city level, at a national level. And once we start doing this, the productivity gains. So first we saw the uh, through payments and other means that how we have managed to uh, you know, reduce cost and in increase speed in delivery of uh, benefits. Now with open data, I think what we can do is we can really take up productivity of our population to a higher level. And when you combine this with what is happening in emerging technologies, this can be a single competitive advantage for India. Because India's biggest competitive advantage is its talent, its people. So the more we can empower them through open data in terms of our economic journey, I think uh, that's the best thing that we can do as a nation. Wonderful to have you, Ashish, over uh, this podcast. And I'm sure the public policy professionals listening to us uh, will be thrilled to know this. Uh, and people who are working on data, uh, it'll be very nice. I wish you all the best for your future endeavors. And thank you so much. Thank you.